Now it's time for a Faith FM breakfast show with your hosts Blake and Lawson. It's your last one. I had to. <laughs> so, never, never warns us that that's what's going to happen. That was she, powerful. That was moving. She records all these secretly. She's like, I'll just try this one, try that one. And then boom, uses them right here live on The Breakfast Show with Blake mm. and Lawson from Scotland. Yeah, that was some powerful <laughs> cultural appropriation, Blake. Really. I am Scottish, bro. My heart. No, you're not. Yes, I am. How much? I The Penland name. We have our own little, what's the thing called when they wear the kilt? Uh-huh. What's that? I don't know the thing. Like, it can't be Scottish. A tartan. A tartan. Tartan. Tartar. Uh-huh. Tart- tartan. Tartan. There we go. Uh-huh. I have a tartan. That's how Scottish I am. Really? <laughs> I do. You Look can't just up. buy one online and then say have, that there's you're a, Scottish. I, I didn't. There's a crest of the Penland people. The people of Penland. We're Scottish. We are. <laughs> well. Lawson doesn't believe I, me. I don't. Google I, it. I, I'm not going to. Okay. Um, because I just don't believe you. And you know what? It's not even worth my time. But, Blake, wow. what are you grateful for this morning? Uh, the tartan. Of really? My crest. Really? You're going to be grateful for something that yep. doesn't even exist. <laughs> yep. I'm very grateful for that. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm, a I'm grateful for the Pinland family crest. Wow. Um. <laughs> And I'm also, honestly, I'm going to New Zealand. Wow. Like, almost before the end of the show. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to have to run out a little bit early. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave it with you later. Mm-hmm. Are you going to handle it? <laughs> of course. Coming up on Faith FM, TikTok is going off with nearly 170 million views about the Euphrates River drying up in Bible prophecy as the water is disappearing at record pace. But is this really what the Bible was warning us about, or is it something else? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome to the Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson, where we prove Lawson wrong repeatedly when we're off air. What are you talking about? <laughs> that is the opposite of what happened. That is not the opposite of what happened. The Pindlin Crest is real. The Pindlin Tartan is a thing. And I'm thankful so for both So he's them. like, look, here's the Penland crest. And I'm like, I want to show you something, Blake. And then I wrote in Walter's crest. Because that's like a super But there was name. then there was like 30 you're, of them. You're probably royalty. You There's don't even like know it. There's like 30 hey, of them because they just esteem. like make it up. You need to have a higher self-esteem and recognize that you are a child of God, part of the royal family. I know. So I'm a child of God, but neither you here. nor me are a child of Scotland. Okay. This is the point. <laughs> I think that I am. No, well, you can think a lot of things this morning. But hey, we're going to have our first question for the quiz. And guys, this is your like last, your final opportunity to get in, your final couple of opportunities. Because we're going to have a couple more quiz questions throughout the show. But what prophet was given authority on earth to forgive sins? Oh, deep. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Uh, and if you know the answer, you go into the draw to win Revive Cafe Cookbook 7 by Jeremy Dixon and 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life. We want you to be healthy because right. we love you. And we're giving the, you these two books, but there's also the offer that stands that whoever wins these, I will come and run with you. Uh, except, unless you're named Wayne. Unless you're Wayne, because you will kill me. Like, that's 
That's in, that's it. What did he say? Four twenty five. Four twenty five Ks, and he said we can start with start with, with 10. ten. I'm like that. That is that is insane. Wayne, that's ten more than I'm gonna run. <laughs> but yeah, hey, look zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What profit was given authority on earth to forgive sins? Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I love it. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> Oh man! What's I'm so just, funny? This all this whole morning has been just, uh, just a little, wild, a little battle, a little, a little uh, wild battle. Mm-hmm. And then Shell like just like spices it up with like a Scottish song, actually mm-hmm. as well too. Yeah, that was powerful. That was Simon Karlovsky. I wonder. I I wonder, wonder as I, I wonder. wonder under the sky. Ah, mm. uh, that was cool. I was singing it uh, off air mm-hmm. while I was uh, proof texting my. Uh, Penland Crest. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, hey, in the uh, news right now, in good news. Okay. Well, Blake, have you ever had anything to do with 3D printers? Yeah, for sure. Do you have one? No, for sure. <laughs> okay. You definitely don't. But have you ever made anything in a 3D printer? Have you been or? to my house? I don't think I can fit a 3D printer there. It's- oh, well, not at the moment, no. <laughs> but have you ever made anything with a 3D printer or... Um, no, the crazy thing is my daughter has, so she's like super, she's, she's like really inventive and really creative mm. and like does stuff with 3D printers all the time, just brings stuff home and like, what, how did you make this? And she's like, ah, just 3D printer, no big deal. And I was like, <laughs> you're 11, what's going on? So yeah, they have one at school. They have a bunch at school. Yeah. So when I was at school, I think 2012, they brought a 3D printer in and it was kind of like the first generations of 3D printers that were getting around to school at the time. And I remember we 3D printed a set of chess pieces and cool. it was, it was really, really cool. cool. It took ages. And I think for one of the chess pieces, it like malfunctioned or something and had to start again. <laughs> Cause it, like, this was like first gen. It like took a long time, but yeah, we were out there like 3D printing, getting it done, okay. which was epic but now i never thought about that that's a cool idea so when you have a 3d printer there's two essential needs all three essential needs firstly electricity secondly a printer but thirdly (laughs) the plastic itself that you print with the Uh the uh the material that that what they call the polyformer okay so polyformer is something it's an ongoing cost that you need. And this can be a problem, not necessarily for me here in Australia, because, you know, there's kind of polyformer all around the place. But let's say in remote areas, if we, you know, in all kinds of remote areas around the world, they've been being propped up with newer and newer technology, whether it's solar panels or, you know, uh, all kinds of different wind farms and different things to give them electricity, which is awesome. It's like, oh, 3D printing is the next step in that. But then it's like, oh, but how do we get polyformer out to them when it's so expensive to ship it and it's so remote and whatever it may be? A group of guys have won the James Dyson Award, which like James, the James Dyson Award, the mission of the James Dyson Award is simply this, design something that solves a problem. So it's like, okay, the problem is it's expensive to get polyformer and ship it all around the world. Okay. Design something that solves that problem. They have designed a device that you can put almost any type of plastic in, but specific, like particularly single-use plastics, like bottles or whatever it may be. And it takes any single-use plastic and turns it into a, a 
a usable polyformer. That, that's right. A, like a polyformer string really? that wraps around a coil that you can then feed into your 3D printer to make anything with. Wow. So that might be the, like one of the biggest inventions of, of late. Cause that kind of solves the, well, the what plastic it, issue. What it does yet yeah, is in regards to recycling, we have something immediately to channel into. Now this guy's prototype is a very kind of, you know, I would say personal one, like as in it, it's a, it's a personal recycling into polyformer kind of machine that just sits right in front of you. It can, you can feed one bottle at a time into it. It cuts the bottle down into strips and then it will heat it to turn it into like, you know, soft. And then it will, you know, kind of, uh, cast it into the polyformer string and then bam, you've got polyformer ready to go to chuck into your 3d printer. Now this comes at a really great time because an entire suburb in Texas is now uh, like over a hundred homes is being built completely by 3d printers. No, it's not. It That's is not real. It is no. real. You're saying the thing that I said was not real. No way is that real. I'm reading the story, right? You're here. telling me that an entire village. Yep. A hundred homes. 3D printed. With two and four bedroom like houses. like one of those tiny places with like people who are the size of ants? No, 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 like no, no. no. Real... These, these are like places where even you could fit in, Blake. Even me? Even you. They're, they're 3D printing houses for big boys too? That's right. For, for <laughs> big boys. They're an entire suburb. A number what? of different uh, 3D printing that firms. That sounds like Texas actually. Are working on this, including, including uh, Icon, which is one of the biggest 3D printing firms in the United States. It's called the Genesis Collection because this is the first time something like this is being done and Genesis is a cool word to, you know... The beginning. You know, the beginning, that's right. Um, And they've found that these homes that they can 3D print, not only do they live up to building codes, which is something that I think I would find kind of a little bit scary about moving into a 3D printed home. I'm like, is this thing going to blow over? Not, (laughs) Not only do they exceed building codes, but also... There's a 30% reduction on cost compared to houses of a comparable size that are traditionally built. So we're saving money, mm-hmm. they're stronger, and we're making the environment better. That's right, because we can feed those 3D printers with plastic. Now, there's actually kind of many ingredients that they're using to build these 3D printed homes. Okay. It's like not just plastic, but they, because they, they have like pr- 3D printers that makes like kind of mortar and concrete and that kind of thing, and, Got it. you know, different types of 3D printing. But yeah, these homes, look absolutely epic. Like they look so, you know, very beautiful, open plan design. I got, I got like a little picture here that I can show you, Blake. Isn't that what what Australians say? They say, give us a squiz, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Give us a squiz. I'll give you a squiz. Give me a squiz. You know, you've got beautiful, modern, kind of like Ikea vibes. You know, type deal. That's, that's from a 3d printer. That is from a 3d printer entirely. Yes. Wow. So, Guys, this is this is the revolution. Take your plastic, throw it in a three D printer, build a house. There, there you go. Every problem, it's home, as simple as that. Pollution solved. Yep. Plastic waste solved. Homelessness solved. Three D print everything. Solve every problem. <laughs> now the next step to this is someone just has to three D print a church. Ooh. An entire church building, three D like printed for some church planting. Yeah, that's right. 
Austin, you actually do have good Think ideas. Think about the cost you could save. <laughs> if, if, if the kingdom of heaven is growing and there's such a high cost, particularly here in Australia, in buying church buildings, think about how much money you could save. Let's 3D print a church. Absolutely. Let's get it going. Let's let's get it done. I'm ready. This is our this is our future. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to Faith FM, the Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. We got a text that I want to share real quick. No, you didn't. No one wants to talk to you. Wow, that hurts. I mean, okay. Well, well, actually, that's what the text actually says. (laughs) So that Uh, that really hurts. Really? uh, really? Yeah, it literally says, bless all the clowns, but bring back Lyle. Oh. Yeah, so what you just said was actually accurate. But good news is, Lyle's on his way back on Monday. Mm. Absolutely. And I'm going to New Zealand to think about this text and consider my future. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Sherry, for texting us in. Lyle's coming back. Don't worry. It's going to happen. I do need to say, like, Sherry was complimenting us in previous texts. So I... I th- it could be a joke as well, I think too. it's a joke. Uh, sure. But obviously, like, maybe Mrs. Lyle. We all miss Lyle. We all love Lyle. But- Kelvin also texts us in, uh-huh. tell Lawson that in Scotland, there uh-huh. is Pinland Castle. So... Wow. Maybe you should uh, reconsider your thoughts on the Pinlands in Scotland. So there's a Penland Castle that I could maybe no. You're besiege. not invited. Nope, can't besiege it. It's I, unbesiegeable. I, I, you nope, know, you Scottish castles don't really have a good reputation. I'm, I'm, Read the quiz. All right, the quiz question: <laughs> Where a, was John the Baptist's head placed when presented to Herodias's daughter? Ooh, Ooh heavy. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, then you can go into the draw to win 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life by Jorge Gonzalez or the Revive Cafe Cookbook number seven by Jeremy Dixon. That is being drawn like at 8.45 this morning. Later in this show, these are your last opportunities to get in. Zero four nine one zero six four. Six six nine. Okay, two things. I- oh, quick! I just want to repeat the question okay. one more time, yep. just just so people know. Where was John the Baptist's head placed when presented to Herodias's daughter after the dancing? Yeah, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, a okay, couple things I want to say. First off, I've been eating pie. Yeah, there's something like right here. Yeah, it's really good, and I just want to thank Shell again for making that. Yeah, Thanksgiving. We're thankful for Shell. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. thank you, Shell. Um, another thing, I'm drinking. It's a half iced tea, half lemonade. But here's the kicker: it's a decaffeinated iced tea because mm-hmm. I don't drink caffeine because mm-hmm. I got ADHD. Good boy. So when I drink caffeine, it puts me to sleep. Really? Yeah. It's like a neurotropical, no neurotypical. I don't know what's happening there, but like mm-hmm. uh, nootropic. I think that's what's called, mm-hmm. and it basically makes me. The other direction. So I just avoid caffeine altogether. And there's actually been a lot of research on caffeine being really unhealthy for you. And, Absolutely. And for, yeah. On either side of the spectrum as well, too. So I just wanted to say, uh, and Shell also made that for me as well, too. So shout out to Shell. Thank you for caring for the lowly co-hosts here on Faith <laughs> FM. Yeah. Taking care of us. Getting it done. <laughs> um, I want to read to you a article, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say when it was written, Mm -hmm. but this is what it says. 
In recent weeks, prophecy interpreters have been citing a new reason they believe the end is coming, the mm-hmm. impending U.S. war against Iraq. Hmm. Anxious discussions have arisen on prophecy websites and Bible study groups and churches and at such gatherings as last month's 20th International Prophecy Conference in Tampa, Florida, titled Shaking of Nations, Living in Perilous Times. Many see evidence of Iraq's significance in end-time scenarios in key passages of the apocalyptic book of Revelation, specifically chapter 16, which includes the only mention of Armageddon in the Bible, including a reference to the Euphrates River, which runs through modern-day Iraq. And then it kind of just goes on about that. I want I want to ask you, when do you think that was written? 2003. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah how how did you the, know that? The Iraq War. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Good on you. So essentially, they have been saying, you know, we see this happening over and over in prophecy. This mm-hmm. is the point. That... When something happens in the world, it's like, ah, this is what's happening. Ah, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're taking the interpretation of uh, spiritual things literally and literal things spiritually. Uh, a lot of this was even pushed. One of the greatest indicators of this interest in prophecy uh, has been the phenomenal success of the Left Behind series Oof. by Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins. Mm-hmm. So since 1995, when the first book appeared, LaHaye and Jenkins have sold more than 38 million copies of 10 novels set during the end-time period known as the Great Tribulation. So interest in prophecy increases at times of great instability, said Mark Hitchcock, author of several books on prophecy and pastor of Faith Bible Church in Edmond, Oakland, uh, Oklahoma. Sorry. So basically what happens here is when we see instability in the world, all sorts of interest in Bible mm. prophecy picks up. Now, that was 2003. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. That's almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It is almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's wild, actually. Wow, that, that's like before I was born. Were you? When were you born? No, 2002. No, 2000. <laughs> no, no, 2000, right? <laughs> 1998. Oh, man. It was a, I, was, I was just kidding. Okay. I said to someone the other day as a joke, we were talking about 2010. I'm like, yeah, I was like three in 2010. No, you like, were not. They're like, really? <laughs> like, because they're uh, like five years older than me. Oh, they're wow. like, Really? Because they were like in high school or something. I'm like, no. I want to talk about the Euphrates River okay. right now, though. Okay, so on TikTok, there's over if you if you go on TikTok and look up Euphrates River in prophecy, there's 169.5 million views, uh-huh. and everybody and their brother have an opinion on what's actually going on. Now, mm. to to help understand, the Euphrates River is currently drying up. Mm. But symbolically, or pr- when we when we see prophecy, when we read about a lion and a bear, right, and a ram mm. and a, a ten-horned beast, those are not literal beasts. These are representations of other things happening. Mm. The same thing goes with the Euphrates River. When we talk about many waters in Bible prophecy uh, and Babylon connected, it's not the actual city of Babylon. Yeah. In Iraq, it's not the actual river Euphrates. Euphrates. Okay, so I want to go through a couple things here. The many waters referred to the uh, Euphrates River. So this is Jeremiah fifty-one thirteen. O you, O you who dwell by many waters, Babylon was situated on both sides of the river, and canals were dug from the river, which irrigated the fertile plains, making them one of the most productive gardens the world has ever seen, ever mm. known. 
In Revelation, spiritual Babylon is also pictured as dwelling on many waters. Mm. Right? We see that in Revelation 17, verse 1. Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Mm. The book of Revelation explains the meaning. So the cool thing about the Bible is it explains itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, the book of Revelation explains the meaning of these symbolic waters. Then he said to me, Revelation seventeen fifteen, the waters which you saw in this prophecy, where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. All who dwell on the earth will worship or obey him, the beast, Revelation 13, verse 8. Mm -hmm. So these passages are actually indicating that the waters on which modern Babylon will sit are the numerous peoples all over the world who will support the extensive religious apostasy by giving their allegiance Mm -hmm. to Babylon. Mm -hmm. The river Mm -hmm. Euphrates was the glory and protection of Babylon, right? And then uh, we have another author here, Basically saying that uh, Babylon reckoned that the Euphrates alone was sufficient to render her impregnable. So this is her protection. Mm. But just as the river uh, Euphrates was the protection of ancient Babylon, so modern Babylon will find its protection and its glory in the symbolic Euphrates. Mm. The millions of people around the globe who are to give their support to her. So all the nations, the kings, the rulers of the earth, the merchants of the earth, Revelation 18.3, the world's financiers and the multinationals, etc., will support modern Babylon. This will be her glory and her protection. And we see here a sobering depiction of the tremendous organization and power that's arising around the globe. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about the Euphrates River, it's not actually the real river, mm-hmm. but symbolically mm-hmm. it's representing the the people, the, yep. the multinationals, the financiers, the the influencing kings and nations and governments who are supporting and following after Babylon or mm. following after the beast. And we're seeing great support for Babylon, mm. uh, spiritual Babylon, mm. taking place all around the world. Okay, mm. Now, we'll have to get into more later on what the drying up of the River Euphrates actually means. But I just wanted to establish that the River Euphrates is not, we're not talking about the actual literal, one, not the literal one. We're talking about the millions of people who support modern-day uh, spiritual Babylon. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, So, and, and if you have questions on this as well, too, text us at 0491-064-669. The world is a wild place right now, and we want to share uh, answers that help you to understand what's going on in the world according to Bible prophecy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on Faith FM, we have another question for the quiz. What did God show Amos a basket of, saying that the time was ripe for Israel? 0491-064-669, our prizes, the Revive Cafe cookbook, and as well, 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life. But again, that question was, what did God show Amos, Amos a basket of, saying that the time was ripe for Israel, 0491-064-669. Right now, we have an interview that is pre-recorded with Owen Shaw, the series that we have been doing about his life uh, that is let out by Lyle. So we will get into that right now. I think this is our final installment of the Owen Shaw story. Owen has joined us in the studio here again to record this story. Owen's story has been a story of many providential and miraculous events where God has worked through his life and continues to do so. And Owen continues to work for God in his business. God calls him all across Australia to share and to present his story. 
But we've got another story here that we want to talk about. You guys got broken into. There were some roadworks. What are these events got to do with each other? How does this story actually go? Yeah, so I struggle with my sleep. You know, after going through so many anxious experiences in life, I didn't sleep well. And not only that, like, you know, waking up for your daughter all the time, things like that, you kind of get that that sense that is heightened and you kind of wake up at the, the drop of a pin in the house and things like this. This is really a story about the fact that I hadn't learned the lesson that God is protecting me even in my sleep. I was always on edge. It actually, strangely enough, took a break in for me to feel that way. When did you first develop these poor sleep habits? Was this as a result of your family breaking up? Was this as a result of working with the triads? I mean, you've no, had no. a lot of a lot of things through your life that would contribute to this. Where does it go back to? All, or, or, all, all of it. I've worn that way. The, the whole thing, I was just jumpy, on edge all the time, you know. There was a lot of anxiety caused from relationship breakups and stuff like that. And I was the one that woke up for my daughter every night to feed her. And it kind of just, I gained this sense of, I don't know, peril almost. It actually took a break in for me to realize that God was watching over me. So there was massive roadworks around, the, like on the corner. So our, our block is on a, like the end of a street and it's a major road we back onto. And it can get really noisy. So these roadworks were driving me up the wall. Like I had barely slept in like two or three days. And I really was just over it. And to get over it, I'd, I'd blocked off all the windows with blankets and all sorts of things like this. And they were still grinding away at this, mm-hmm. at the road. Yeah. And as they're, they're grinding away, I determined that if I can sleep, on the downstairs level, I hear less. Yes. Right? And to go with that, it starts raining as well and our roof is quite noisy as well. So I'm very much not sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I sleep down in the lounge room. As I'm sleeping in the lounge room one particular night, um, about 3 a.m. in the morning, my, my wife and kids were actually away that weekend and I was on my own and... The at at three a.m. I would I would generally wake up at the drop of a hat, and at three a.m. this particular morning, the house actually got broken into, and whoever they were, they actually stole one of our cars, oh. so they got the keys from inside the door and stole the car and burnt it. Oh, right. Um, but the thing is that they had taken knives from the kitchen. And those knives, I found them on the banister upstairs from the master bedroom. Okay, so you're sleeping downstairs. Yes. They've come into the house. Yes. They've armed themselves. Yes. They've found your car keys. Yes. And then they've gone through the whole house. Mm-hmm. And you're a light sleeper. And I'm a very light sleeper. And there was four of them. So you have four guys traipsing through your house. Uh, it was actually two guys and two girls. Okay. So let's not yeah. be uh, four, four human, there. Four humans. Four humans <laughs> traipsing through your house. Yeah. Um, they took a few things. Nothing nothing serious. They were uh, probably because they'd, they'd actually broken into all the cars up the street as well. Right. They went on a rampage all across Sydney. The police knew about it before I did. So basically they'd come into the house and, you know, the only reason I didn't wake up was because of the fact that 
it was raining and there was roadworks. If it hadn't have been those things, I would have woken up and I would have confronted them. Mm -hmm. And I wake up at the drop of a hat. And if you had confronted them, it would have been four against one and they would have been armed. Absolutely, they would have. And that's a really, really dangerous situation to be in. When the police actually called me in the morning because they had found the car burnt out, they found the car at 5 a.m. and they actually rang me. And I didn't realise the house had even been broken into until I saw everything, like when I woke up. Yeah, anybody who knows about the criminal mind and how the criminal mind works knows just how dangerous a situation this is to be in. And uh, to think that they were, I mean, they would have walked around, they would have seen you sleeping downstairs, they would have walked around you as you're sound asleep, they would have been in your house. That must be incredibly unsettling. Is that how it made you feel? You know, there was a, a Bible verse on the Bible app that particular day and it just... I was like, whoa, because it was meant for me. It was about the fact that, look, you haven't you haven't been sleeping well, and he knew I hadn't been sleeping well. And it was about the fact that he was there to protect me both day and night. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had been in the master bedroom, what would have happened? Yeah. If I had have woken up, what would have happened? If those roadworks hadn't have been there, and not only that, that those roads that were out there didn't even need redoing. I was like, I was angry with them because I was like, these roads don't even need redoing. There's so many worse roads. No, I didn't question it after that point. Matthew ten twenty nine is the verse, and it says, "What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid." You are more valuable to God than a flock of sparrows. It's an amazing story. A home invasion is considered to be a violent offence. Mm, yeah. So this is this is a violent offence that you've slept through. Mm. And uh, you have this experience. You read this passage when you wake up the next day. You realise what could have happened. Mm. How does that affect your sleeping after that? I mean, the average person that's going to give them PTSD, they're going to start having nightmares. I mean, it might be very mild. Different people react in different ways. Uh, but it's, you know, a lot of people will move out of that home. They never want to live there again. Um, uh, to be honest, I haven't had can't... a terrible night's sleep since. I I just, I go to sleep knowing that my saviour is protecting me, knowing that he has a hedge of protection around my family because we pray for it every single day. That's the exact opposite reaction mm. to what happens to the average person in the world when their home is breaking into or they suffer violence? Well, I have to ask you this question. How much more does he love the ones that he died for? Mm. Mm. It's, it, it's one of those questions that really just makes you stop and think, doesn't it? How much more does he love the ones that he died for? Mm. What a lesson, Owen. Um Thank you for sharing this story with us and uh, what an illustration of just how much God cares for us and that we do not have to fear. We can trust our future. We can trust our lives in God's hands because he loves us beyond what we can imagine. He gave his life for every single one of us and he's never, ever going to miss who we are, where we are or what's happening in our life. You know, he's he's been in my struggles the entire time and he's always been reaching out his hand for me 
and it's been me that puts that distance between me and my Savior. Mm. And I can't do it anymore. So I go where he sends now. Um, I do what he tells me to do, and I follow everything. And you know what? He has not led me astray once. Yeah, praise God. And, you know, one of the things that I see in that, you know, I mean, just the fact that you're here this morning, you run a business, you're a businessman. Mm -hmm. I would hate to think what your hourly rate is. I've got a funny story about that. (laughs) How am I not surprised? So one client that I keep talking about is the client that is in Melbourne, Okay, right? That I keep visiting throughout all this. He's an atheist. Right. Okay? Yes. And we've had conversations about God before. But I'll tell you the the most amazing thing that's happening, and that's the fact that he realizes that his business doesn't go well when I stop praying for it. So you get phone calls every now and then. You need it's, to be praying. For, have you been? It's, <laughs> it's actually funny because he started doing it weekly now, and every time, um, you know, we talk, he's like, "Are you praying this weekend for my business?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know I am," and. You know, now I get a message every week. Are you praying for my business? I'm like, yes. And, you know, the one week that I forgot, right? Like, I, yes. he, he didn't message me. He didn't message me uh-huh. this particular week. And he's he had a horrible weekend, like, of sales and things like that. Had no sale, or like, very, virtually no sales on the weekend. And he's he's like, what happened? You know, why did we go so bad? And I'm all I could say was, I'm sorry, I forgot to pray this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's adamant so, so does this every mean time. He, does this, this mean that he refuses to, to pay for your services when you're not praying? It's like you didn't pray, you're not getting paid. It's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. God's reaching out to this guy. Because I, I can actually see, based on his statistics, when I stop praying and when I, when I do pray, and you know what? I pray over my business as well, and he gives me everything I need every single week. I can go away for weeks on speaking tours and things like this and somehow the money comes out of nowhere. I'm developing an app at the moment and that app is costing me a fortune. But it's an app that God qualified me to build and he said, I want this. And just before Christmas, (laughs) I spent the last $2,000 in our bank account on the app. This This is about seven, eight days before Christmas. Okay. My wife was freaking out. It was the last $2,000 that we had. Mm. And she was like, I was saving that for Christmas Christmas. presents and things like this. And I said, look, I have to pay this part of the development because otherwise I'm not going to get this thing launched the way it needs to be launched. And it was a real struggle because I didn't know where that was coming from. I did say to her, I'm going to pray and I'm going to trust in God for this money because this is his, this is not mine. And so I prayed, I prayed hard. Believe me when your wife is the one that's, uh, yeah, you you pray harder, believe me. So I prayed, it got down to four days before Christmas. So the 20th, I think it was. And in my bank account on that day, $2,000 rocks up into my account. And to this very moment, I have no idea who put it there. I have no idea how they got my bank details. I have no idea. None. Wow. And the only thing it says is Nova Prada, God's work. 
oh, wow, praise God. And I'm going to show you it because I, I can't explain yes. without proving it to you. And I'll, I'll log sure. into my account in front of you so you can see that I'm not lying. It's like literally... And I will testify on radio that I'm looking at it right here because unfortunately the way radio works is we can't show this to you. And I don't know that I'm going to be posting up no, Owen's no. bank details on the website, but... Yeah, he's just logging in right now. He's, he's looking it up on his phone. Uh, I, the I, exact amount that you'd spent and it's yeah. back in the account and you're good for Christmas. Yes, and it was literally because we were trusting in God for that and he delivered. What this illustrates is that, you know, I mean, I was in self-supporting ministry for 10 years and people say, oh, you're in a faith ministry, a faith-based ministry. And I'm like, yeah, we're in a faith-based ministry. Every business is a so, faith-based ministry. So it was a yeah. Monday and look, I'm actually scrolling in my account uh-huh. and right there, Transfer. What is that? Nova Prado, God's work. That's what it says. It's literally uh, what it says, $2,000. I, I don't know who that is. I have no idea who that person is. 20th December 2021. Like, accurate date, accurate everything. 8.59 a.m. Yeah, I have no idea who this person is. Phenomenal story. Hey, Owen, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you here as a part of this journey and being able to record. And this is the first time that we've done a journey of faith in long long mm. form format, and sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Don't be, don't apologize. It has been something that has definitely. It's a story that has captivated our listeners. It is a story that has encouraged so many of our listeners. We've been getting so many text messages that have been telling us, you know, thank you for Owen's story and the encouragement that it brings, because people are going through hard times, and you've been through some hard times. And it doesn't mean that you won't go through hard times again. It means that when you go through hard times, you can do it with God or without God. And your story illustrates it's so much easier to do it. With God. A hundred percent. These days I wouldn't do anything without him. Praise God. That's the end of it, guys. We're going to leave it there with the Owen Shaw story. After this song, we'll have the 8 o'clock news and then we'll be back with Encounter with God Bible Study. It's breakfast show on Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.